Now sit back and relax. You'll be royally entertained for it's time for Hollywood's Open House. Hello, everyone. This is Jim Amici inviting you once again to 30 minutes of pleasure and entertainment at Hollywood's Open House. Swell entertainment by great entertainers. Listen to the music of Brave Locke and his orchestra, songs by Bobby Doyle, comedy by Maury Amsterdam, and drama by that lovely lady of the screen, Faye Emerson. <laughs> Open House is a house full of fun and drama this session. There's Faye Emerson with a romantic drama. There's Maury Amsterdam with comedy and quips. There's Bobby Doyle, new singing sensation with lilting lyrics. And right now, there's Rave Lock and his orchestra with China Boy. <laughs> young fellow I was going to introduce as our comedy star, but inasmuch as he's a success in so many lines of endeavor, I'd better tell you a little more about him. He's a comedian, a gag writer, a songwriter, recording artist, and a nightclub owner. Oh, and by the way, he's got a name, too. Here he is, Maury Amsterdam. Got a name, too. Swell. 
Gee whiz. The big introduction was unnecessary, though, oh, Jim. You that's all right, Warren. All, no doubt, seen me on the screen under the name of Coming Attractions. Say, Maury, uh-huh. I understand your newest venture is writing a book. Yeah, I'm writing my autobiography. At first, I was going to call it Donkey Serenade, but I think I'll change it. I'll just call it The Poor Man's Nobody. Oh, hmm, sounds interesting. Yes, it is, if you like dull stuff. Just to sort of cut it down to about an hour and a half, I'll tell you what we'll do. Give me a little incidental music. I'll give you a rough idea of what it goes like. This is a story of my life. Pretty dull, huh? Well, the first, uh, first we start with sort of a schnapsis. You see this, uh, laugh faster, folks. I'm doing California next year. When last we left me, I had just fallen asleep on a pool table. When I awoke, my face was all black and blue. Somebody had tried to bank my right eye in the side pocket. The next thing I knew, I was lying on the state highway, beating the tar with my fist. That's how I first learned to hit the road. I was a very fragile youngster in those days. In fact, I was so skinny, my eyes were in single file. At school, if I stood sideways, I was marked absent. Gee, I'll never forget those school days. I can close my eyes now and see the two of us romping off to school together. Me and the truant officer. I was teaching pets. She couldn't afford a dog. You talk about a jerk in school, I sat in the corner so much I had a triangular forehead. I was in the same grade so long as the only kid in our class who could vote. And I'll never forget the day I was promoted to the 3B. I got so excited, I cut myself shaving. Ah, uh, but the teachers loved me. And the day I left school, they cried like babies. I threw tear gas bombs in all the rooms. Was. My folks wanted me to be a musician, so I practiced like a dog. Soon I began to look like one. I even got fan mail from Cockeye Spaniel. But I worked hard, and gradually I rose from obscurity to oblivion. I made a lot of money. I made all kinds of money. But I had a tough time passing it. I would have been a successful counterfeiter, but one day when I was working on the $5 bills, I made a ghastly mistake. I made Lincoln Winkin. The G-men were after me. I tried to escape. I ran. I jumped over a fence. But my pants got caught on a nail, and that's how they found my hideout. Well, they... They gave me my choice. Alcatraz or Sing Sing. I took Alcatraz. I wanted to be near Dad. It was while I was in Alcatraz, I created my greatest invention. I invented a medicine that is so powerful it cures penicillin. One day, they put me in solitary for making toast on the electric chair. I happened to burp. I said, pardon me, and the governor did. Well, I was paroled to a grocery store. I became a taxiderm. I faced a stuffed olive. One day, a green olive got mad and stuck its pimento out at me. Then I lost the job. The boss walked in and found a cash register, Mark Chilton. Oh, I went to Mexico, where I became a bullfighter. I can see myself now walking into the arena. I look at the bull. The bull, he look at me. I look at the bull. The bull, he look at me. You know something, amigo? The bull is better looking than me. I stay in Mexico because I like the way the people talk, the colloquialisms. I meet one fellow on the street. He says to me, I got nothing to do. I think I kill myself a couple hours. Another fellow says, I cannot play the violin, but oh, my brother, he cannot play too. Then I returned to the States and I moved to the mountains. I lived in a little mountain cabin, but didn't pay my rent, so I had to move. 
Moved to another mountain cabin in time I rent had to move again. They were soon calling me rent-free of the mountains. <laughs> Even named a mountaintop after me, Piker's Peak. <laughs> and then one day I was seated in my study eating pickles. I happened to walk to the door. I opened it and there stood... Oh. <laughs> Tune in tomorrow. Does Maisie get the revolver or can Pearl handle it herself? <laughs> Till then... Ladies and gentlemen, listen carefully to the next voice you hear. You'll be hearing a lot of it from now on. It belongs to Bobby Doyle, and it's a pleasure to welcome this young singer on his first visit to Hollywood's open house. It's also a pleasure to listen to Bobby as he sings the all-time favorite, Temptation. You came, I was alone, I should have known you were temptation. You smiled, luring me on, my heart was gone, and you were temptation. It would be thrilling if you were willing, if it can never be, pity me, for you were born to be kissed, I can't resist. You are temptation and I am yours. Here is my heart. Take it and say we'll never part. I'm just a slave, only a slave.
among the most appealing stories to appear on the silver screen are those dealing with the unselfish love of a beautiful woman for a famous man. Among such stories of devotion and self-sacrifice is the Hollywood drama we now present, an immortal love story, the true romance of the world-famous poet writer Robert Louis Stevenson and his beautiful wife, Fanny Osborne. A Hollywood star, Faye Emerson, in the role of Fanny Osborne, with yours truly, Jim Amici as Stevenson. On a soft summer evening many, many years ago in far-off France, there began a turbulent and immortal love story. A gay party was in progress. Merriment ruled in all hearts, all hearts save one. Fanny Osborne, at the height of her dark, exotic beauty, sat alone in the darkened parlor. Fanny wanted only silence and solitude. But this was denied her as a voice rose above the chatter and laughter, calling out her name. And her dear but effervescent friend, Yvonne, burst into the room. Fanny, Fanny, what do you do here by yourself? Everyone looks for you. Ah, Fanny, you are sad. You do not like the party. Oh, I do like the party, Yvonne, but... I'm a long way from home, and so then it is that you have the homesickness, huh? I suppose that's it. Funny. It is not that you still love that, that bad man. He isn't bad, Yvonne, and I don't love him, but when you've been married to someone and things don't work out, well, it's a sad thing. You must just find a lover. You don't understand, Yvonne. Go back to the party. I'll play the piano for a little while, and then I'll join you. Very well. I go. I beg your pardon, madam. Oh, who are you? A visitor, my lady, to the lovely world in which only you dwell. Oh, you're a very romantic young man. Uh, in this everyday world, what do they call you? Stevenson. Robert Louis Stevenson. Oh, that explains both your romantic speech and your impulsive entrance by means of a French window. You are Mr. Stevenson, the poet. I am? You mean you've heard of me? Oh, I'm... <coughs> Mr. Stevenson, are you ill? <coughs> no. No, on the contrary, madam. I feel better, more elated, more joyous than ever before in my life. <laughs> Just a moment, we'll be back with Faye Emerson and Jim Amici in An Immortal Love Story. And now, the second act of An Immortal Love Story, starring Faye Emerson and Jim Amici. For which you are unhappy. Now you think. It is Mr. Stevenson, eh? It is Mr. Stevenson, Yvonne. Ah, this is good. But it's only for a little while. I must go back to America very soon, Yvonne. Then he will go with you, eh? No. But why not? He loves you, you love him? Bah! You're thinking of that bad man again, eh? One mistake you make in your life. Do you think Mr. Stevenson will care about such things? Of course he will care. It's best that I leave him. 
Never. Never, never will I understand American women. You love him. He loves you. You will make him happy. He will make you happy. But you must go away from him. No, I, I do not understand. These things I simply do not understand. <laughs> Yvonne, you must tell me, where is Fanny? Where's she gone? Mr. Stevenson, I should like to tell you, but Fanny, she made me promise I must not tell you where she is. But I cannot stop you from guessing. And if you guess correctly, I cannot sin by denying it. So? Is she in Paris? No. London? No. Is she anywhere in Europe? No, no. Oh, she's in America. Correct. She must be at home in California. Correct again. And Mr. Stevenson, California... It's very pleasant at this time of the year. You will like it there. Very much. Fanny. Oh, Louis. Oh, Louis. Louis, you shouldn't have come. You must go away. You must go back to your work. My work? Do you think I've written words since you left? No, my darling. You're my work. You're my life. Without you, there's nothing. There, there, Mrs. Stevenson. You mustn't lose control of yourself. But he's so sick, Doctor. He coughs so all the time. Doctor, tell me the truth. What's really wrong with Louis? Tuberculosis. Oh. A very bad case of it. Tuberculosis? Does he know? Yes. Mrs. Stevenson, he must go away from here. Some place where you have peace and quiet. And you must stay there. Where is there such a place? Considering Mr. Stevenson's temperament and health, the best place I can suggest is the South Sea, the island of Samoa. Fanny, this is the only piece of nonsense you've ever indulged in. Let's go back. Back over those thousands of miles of ocean? Samoa, what are we going to do here? Live here, in a beautiful spot called Vailima. Do you think this ancient mule team will manage to drag this prehistoric wagon that far? Oh, it's only a few seconds more. Just at the top of this hill. Mm, that's fortunate. It's called Vala. What's called Vala? This hill we're on. They have the strangest names around here. Pala. Oh, we're coming to the top now. Oh, look, Louis. Look how lovely it is. Looking right down over the trees into the bright blue ocean. Vala. The hill of Vala. Overlooking Violina. Fanny, you're right. It is lovely. Oh, we'll be happy here, darling. We'll be very, very happy. <laughs> Louis, do you feel better now? Yes, of course. I'm 
I'm all right. Hey, darling, let me fix your pillow for you. No, I'm comfortable. Fanny, come here and sit in your Yes, Louis. You've been happy with me here on our island. Very happy. In all these years, you've never regretted being so far away from your friends, from everything. Oh, what? These five years have passed without my even knowing it. You and I will stay here on our own island forever, my dear. Yes, forever. We'll stay here ever together. We'll... Louis. Louis, what's wrong? Danny, we'll be here together. Forgive me, my dear honey. I'll not call you back. You're at rest now. No, Louis, I'll not call you back. Not even if I could. I'll follow you. Very soon, dear. I know I will. We'll not be apart for long. Soon I'll be with you. And once again, my Louis, we'll rest here together under our blessed sun. Our shining stars. Yes, Louis, then we'll be here always together. Always together. <laughs> and so, it came to pass that there can today be seen on the lovely island of Samoa, on the summit of a hill called Vala, overlooking Violina, two simple stone monuments. There, side by side, by Robert Louis Stevenson and his beloved wife. And there on that hilltop of Samoa is the fulfillment of their dearest desire to be together in peace and in happiness. Always. And thus ends an immortal love story. you're one of those people who believe there's nothing new under the sun, brace yourself and be prepared for a shock. We have something here that's a brand new angle on an old, old favorite. Brave Lock and his orchestra in one of those special block arrangements of Turkey and the Straw. <laughs> Thank you. 
Maury to you, Miss Emerson. Say to you, Maury. Well, uh, how about me? And not to you, Amici. Uh, as you were saying, Faye? Well, I just wanted to say hello, Maury. Well, hello, Faye. Well, goodbye, Maury. Uh, well, so we kill a couple of minutes this way. <laughs> Pretty interesting stuff. And Jim, it's been fun visiting with you. Ask me again, will you, sometime? So long. My thanks to you, Faye, and so long. It'll be a pleasure to have you back again, and the sooner the better. And you, Maury Amsterdam, au revoir. Yeah? Uh, what does that mean? Well, that's goodbye in French, Maury. Oh, well, uh, to you, Jim Amici, atomic bomb. <laughs> well, what does that mean? That's goodbye in any language, kid. So long, Maury. again, this visit to Hollywood's open house comes to an end. Our music is under the direction of Ray Block. Our script is by Lee Shane. The program is produced under the direction of Ray Green. This is Jim Amici inviting you to Hollywood's open house at this same time next week. (laughs) 